what it is. This is the ferry going from Danshui to Bali. Oh. oh. If you listen really carefully, you can it's hear a, a splash sound, and then you can hear people going, Oh, Woo! gosh. <laughs> okay. That's cool. All right, two more shots. <laughs> Taipei Main Station announcements. Sorry, say it again. Taipei Main Station announcements? No. Train announcements. It is train announcements, but where is it? It's not、oh, Taipei it's, Main. It's on a Hualien train going to Hualien. Nope. It's going to Hualien, but it's not. Where is this? It's not on the train? Yes. Is that Taitong? That's right. That is the Taitong train station.、Oh. And that's actually the Amis language. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Now is the time of year when the weather cools down significantly, and the thoughts of people in Taipei head towards the northern edges of town. There are hot springs all over Taiwan, but along Taipei's northern edge are some of the easiest on the island to reach. They basically have their own metro stop. The hot springs here are around the city's Beitou district, and they have something for every taste. There are simple foot baths and a cheap public spring. There are private cabin like structures rented out by the hour and centered on a hot spring pool you fill yourself from a tap. Then, on the higher end, there are luxury hot spring resorts and villas where you can stay the night, enjoy fine dining and massage, and maybe even soak in the comfort of your own room. Public, private, in swim trunks or au naturel, out in the open or indoors, the choices are endless. And overseeing much of it all is the Taipei City Hot Spring Development Association. The association's Chen Yayu is with us today to explain why it is that the Taipei area has hot springs in the first place and talk about the spring's history. She'll also tell us why hot spring bathing is thought to be good for the health and give us an overview of her organization's work. Taipei owes its hot springs to the Datun Volcano Group, recently reclassified as an active bunch of volcanoes that just haven't gotten around to erupting for a good few hundred thousand years. These volcanoes heat an area stretching over many kilometers of Taipei's northern edge. Hot springs in Taiwan as a whole come in many different varieties. Ms. Chen says that all in all, there are 19 hot spring zones across Taiwan, with more than 10 types of hot springs between them. But the springs here in Taipei are sulfur springs, further divisible into green and white sulfur varieties. Taipei's Beitou District is the land that sulfur rich volcanoes made, and its hot springs reflect this. Ms. Chun is hesitant to ascribe any definite medical benefits to hot spring bathing, but anecdotal evidence does give some hints that it might be good for the body. She says that people with skin, joint, and respiratory ailments do seem to benefit in particular. Senior citizens also seem to be convinced that bathing in these springs will cure whatever ails them. Because it improves our blood flow, especially it improves our blood flow. 
And the association, while on the whole shying away from making medical claims, is using the COVID-19 pandemic to encourage more hot spring bathing, based on hot springs' purported ability to help the lungs and boost the immune system. I've seen some sources say that the first foreigner to take notice of the springs was a German in Taiwan. But Ms. Chun says it was really Japanese colonizers who began ruling the island in 1895. It didn't take them long to find them. She says the Japanese were already noticing the springs in 1896, the following year. In either case, Ms. Chun and I both agree it's worth pointing out that the springs were important first to local indigenous people. It's from them, after all, in a roundabout fashion, that the name Beito that now covers the whole district derives. The name originally meant witch or shamaness in a local language. Coincidentally, the area's many misty, cauldron-like pools do call up this kind of image to the Western mind, too. But it seems that there really were female healers or shamans here at some point. Ms. Chen's telling of the story goes that indigenous locals would go to the place near the springs to consult with them about problems they faced. Their word for the healers, Bakdao, was adopted by Hokkien-speaking Chinese arrivals later on. They wrote the name down using Chinese characters that roughly sound that way in the Hokkien language. In Mandarin Chinese, those same characters are pronounced Beitou, hence the modern district's name. Why outsiders certainly weren't the first to discover the springs, though, they were the first to develop them. Ms. Chen says that 1896 saw the foundation of Tengu An, a Japanese colonial bathhouse. I've heard a few stories about early hot spring hotels here, but Ms. Chen tells me a story that I haven't heard before. She says that one real catalyst for development here was the Russo-Japanese War, which raged in 1904 and into 1905. Taiwan's Japanese colonizers realized that they needed a place for injured soldiers and officers to convalesce, she says. This, she says, was part of the reason that some years after the war, Beitou got its first public baths, built in an unusual but pleasing mixture of European and Japanese styles. Today, those old baths still stand and serve now as a local hot spring museum. From the Japanese period onward, Beitou's hot spring hotels have only grown in number. There are now around 20 in total, a legacy of this early era of development. Today, the area around the springs has a special mix of natural wonder and man-made culture, with both old and new buildings that give it a distinctive feel, very separate from the vibe you'll get in other parts of Taipei. In 2011, the area's thermal valley was even discovered by an undercover writer working for the Michelin Guide. Ms. Chen even says the thermal valley made the guide, showing that it's not just Taiwanese people who fall for Beitou's charms. I have to confess that it's one of my northern Taiwan favorites, too. This mix of natural and man-made sites shows up prominently in the two travel itineraries that Ms. Chen's association promotes. The first features hot spring-related sites, such as the hot spring museum we mentioned earlier, while the other route is more generally culturally oriented, taking in temples and the local Katagalan Culture Center, a place filled with exhibits on Taiwan's indigenous peoples. 
These include the original local peoples who, as we've said, gave the area its modern name, though the official government list of 16 indigenous peoples doesn't include these groups today. There are plenty of other local experiences that Ms. Chun's association promotes too. They encourage people to try the cuisine, from hot spring noodles to pork cutlets, and to take in the unique local music scene. An old musical genre called nakashi was developed here by local hot spring hotel bands in decades past. At least one queen of Taiwanese song today got her start performing in this style. And then there are more quirky experiences. For instance, you can take a motorcycle ride into the surrounding mountains with an older local guide who can create itineraries based on your needs and interests. Ms. Chen says that her group represents local hot spring establishments and seeks to expand their appeal even beyond Taiwan. In non-COVID times, the association often sends groups to travel fairs overseas. And in Taiwan itself, they've come up with an app that provides guidance in English, Japanese, and Korean in addition to Chinese. The app lets independent tourists from abroad in on the area's best secrets. And the group also works to expand the appeal of hot springs locally and convince local people that bathing in hot springs is not, in fact, just a seasonal custom belonging to the cold winter months. Ms. Chen says that the sweat you sweat out while bathing in the summer is different and that this is good for you. Well, I can't quite vouch for that, but for my part, I can say that Taipei Springs, while sulfurous, are a lot milder in terms of smell than sulfur springs you'll find elsewhere. The smell of the springs won't stick to your skin for days afterwards. And while I also can't vouch for whether it's good or not for your lungs or skin, the benefit you're most likely to notice after a soak in a hot spring here is the quality of your sleep. If you often have restless nights, a good soak in a hot spring is a great way to ensure that you drift off peacefully into a calm, restful night. The next morning, you're good as gold. And if you've stayed the night in Beitou, you're ready for another day of soaking. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. In America, freedom can be found in the automobile. In most places, you have to have a car just to get around. Never mind go on a road trip. Here in Taiwan, freedom comes in a much smaller package. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I bring you an ode to the humble scooter. An ear to the ground. With this simple turn of a key, my scooter rumbles to life. There's no need to kickstart this purring beauty, at least not today. 
It's a far cry from the old days when my neighbor's birds would actually imitate the sound of my scooter wheezing and coughing and failing to start. That was a bit overrated. Now, I used to take the metro to work and transfer to a bus, but about a year ago, I decided to switch to my scooter, and I've been weighing the pros and the cons ever since. Every day, I travel from my apartment in southern Taipei to the radio station in the northern part of the city. It's a straight shot up one of the longest thoroughfares to bisect the city, a street that's so long that it has three different names, Beijing, Roosevelt, and Zhongshan. Each section has a different personality. The southern stretches are hotter with less shade. The midsection features Taiwan's top university and the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall. And then there's the government district, home to the legislature, the foreign ministry, the presidential office building. And finally, once I hit Zhongshan, there's a beautiful shady tree cover for the remainder of my ride. I also crossed two rivers and passed the Fine Arts Museum, 12 subway stations, and four Starbucks. And that's not even counting the ones on the other side of the street. Exactly two-thirds of my way to work, I arrive at the Taipei train station, and there's a huge television screen at the intersection which features the latest news and weather. And it has a clock that shows exactly how many minutes I'm going to be late to work. Now, some people think I'm crazy for doing such a long commute on a scooter, especially in the rain. But I've got enough rain gear to keep me dry. And yes, I do miss being able to read a book on my way to work. That doesn't work so well on a scooter. But my ride's about 10 to 15 minutes shorter, and I only pay 5 bucks US a week on gas. It's about twice the price for subway and bus fares. But more than all of that, what I've discovered is that riding a scooter connects me to my city. I love it when I find myself surrounded by other commuters at a stoplight. You know, people you don't usually see on public transport. And up above ground, you can see the city in a way you can't when you're down in the underground tunnels. You can be one with the elements. I know this because I feel every bump in the road, the drops of rain on my face, and the sun on my bare arms. And yes, along the way, I've grown a fondness for my little black scooter. I love the clicking sound of my turn signal as we round a corner. Together, we work our way through traffic, interacting with other scooters in a way that sort of matches the way Taiwanese people hold a conversation. There's a directness and a subtlety, and after a year of commuting on my trusty metal steed, I no longer get angry in traffic. I find myself slipping into the greater give and take, the slow tango, the orchestrated breathing, the inhale and exhale of traffic through the streets. Now every once in a while, my scooter needs a little TLC, and I take him to the hospital for a checkup. Sometimes I gulp when I hear the news that he needs a little open-heart surgery or some sort of transplant. That means I'm going to have to ride the metro to work again that day. But then, once he's discharged and I hop back on my scooter, I'm thankful once again for the freedom that it gives me every day. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. Oh, and one other thing that I almost forgot to mention, I so loved the sounds of my little black scooter that I once used them to create this jingle for a show at RTI called Instant Noodles.
pull yourself together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast, and this is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. Hello. I just noticed we're wearing black, white, and gray. Oh, wow. And and blue jeans. And, and is this the color of the day? <laughs> we are, appropriately enough, we are wearing the colors of the day. We are. We oh, are. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, see, we did not, you know, talk this through. <laughs> we did not exchange any line telling each other what to wear. But this is just... <gasps> oh. It's like we're connected somehow spiritually. Yes. Yes. This is just wonderful. It's fate. It's okay. fate. So today's show, we call it Black Foods for Winter. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because tomorrow, November 22nd, is the beginning of a two-week micro-season on the Chinese Farmer's Almanac known as Xiaoxue. Okay, little snow. Little snow. Mm. And uh, apparently at this time of the year, there are three black foods you should be eating and three white foods you should not be eating. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you what those are yet. <laughs> All right. So our, the question is, and because these foods will help you get ready for winter, help your body get ready for the oh, winter. Oh, I see. Do you feel like winter is on the way? Are you ready for winter? I think I am ready for winter. I've always enjoyed winter more than summer. Yeah? Yeah. For some reason, I like the cold air smell. You know, when you breathe, it's just have that crispy feeling of it it's funny because a lot of people uh characterize winter as being an end Mm -hmm. or like because you know a lot of plants are dying or you know it's a it's an end for a lot of people but for me i think it's also kind of a beginning it's a refreshing yes and you know there's a warm holiday like you know thanksgiving and christmas Mm -hmm. that's all wrapped up in you know the winter which i love yes and hopefully people will find some creative ways to celebrate thanksgiving and christmas this year yeah but i think in taiwan we're okay right we are doing okay i know but you know around the world uh, we're just you know hoping that everybody can go back on track to a normal life. Yes. It looks like we still have a winter ahead, but hopefully it'll be a crisp, refreshing winter and not a dark, gloomy winter. (laughs) Am I selling it? Am I selling it well? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Yes. I'm not sure. Okay. We'll work on that. I think think we all need strategies in place to make it through the winter. And we're going to start you off on the right foot today in our show Mm -hmm. with uh, some interesting foods that you can use to prepare your body for winter. All right. Shall we check out what's on our menu? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. So, in our black food menu, first course, we'll start things off with three black foods you should eat more of and three white foods you should eat less of. That's right. In our second course, I'm going to head into the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen to make a cold salad from one of those black foods. Mm. I like eating cold foods in the winter. I know that sounds crazy. But I like to have hot foods to warm me up and then a little side dish with something crisp and refreshing to take away the... Otherwise, it's like tiny. Okay. How do you say that in English? It's too heavy. Yeah. Right? Yes. 
All right, third and final course, we'll be sampling that dish right here in our studio. Yes, and I hope you like it, Alan Chu. Okay, that's the test. That is the test. Okay. Some fungus may be involved in this dish. Just a little preparation oh, for you. I like fungus. Fungus among us. Yes, I love it. I'm not afraid of fungus. Okay, let's do it. I ain't afraid it. of no fungus. Yeah, give me some Hei Hui, which is like black, white, and gray. And this is the color that me and Andrew is wearing right now. That's right. Right. Okay, so this is by Fung Da Chong. Khalil Fung. And we're going to be back with some black and white foods in just a moment. So talking about black foods and white food, all right? Yes. In the winter, so basically you're sleeping earlier and getting up later and you shouldn't be like, you know, doing an all-nighter, okay? Yes, we should be hibernating, folks. Hibernating. Right. That like, would be nice if I could hibernate. I know. You have some obstacles standing in the way of you and hibernation. Mm, yes, I have many obstacles. Okay. I can think of three in particular. Okay, you're supposed <laughs> to sleep early. I have obstacle, okay? Three. 
three obstacles that won't let me sleep early. Okay. One is called Zach. <laughs> one is called Rihanna. Ryan, and the other is, is Ryan. Ryan. Right. And, you know, getting up late and it's the same reason. Same three reasons. So interesting. Yes. yes okay. And basically, you're supposed to be warm and don't try to catch a cold. Okay. Well, that's dumb. I mean, don't we all know that? <laughs> sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, things that might be obvious, but, you know, obviously people are not really taking care of it, okay? Well, that's that's true. We do need a little reminder, mm-hmm. right? Because I think people just keep living their life like it's fall. Right. But it, actually, no, folks, it's winter. We need to, like, you know, be careful. And during the daytime, please open your window to ventilate, okay? Mm, that's actually really important in the time of COVID-19. Right. Ventilate that house out. Okay, but yes. did you know that now they have like aircon where they can huan qi? What does that mean? Like, you know, they can change the air. Oh, bringing in new, new fresh air, air from outside. Uh-huh. I thought air conditioning did that. No, it's oh. called jiao huan qi. Oh. Yeah, something like that. Spitting out the bad and sucking right. in the good. Mm-hmm. Mm. And every day that you're supposed to go to bed at 10... Oh, it's yeah. It's like a joke when I read it. Yeah, it's what time do you usually go to bed? One. <laughs> that's, yeah, actually, that's uh-huh. my goal. My goal right. is one. One, right? I usually go to bed at about three. Okay, so maybe you do the time difference. You know, pretend you're living in another country. Different then, time zone. Then we're perfect. <laughs> so if I go to bed at three, and I, what do we need? Eight hours? Mm hmm. 11 a.m. Yay! Yay! See? Except I don't do that. I get up at 9. Right. So, yeah, I'm still only getting 6. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, every day you should be soaking your feet into hot water. Well, you know, I Ooh. do a hot bath. Hot bath? Do right. you do a bath every day? Every day. How do you do that, Ellen Chu? I have a bathtub. Well, I mean, I know you do it in a bathtub, but... <laughs> I love it. I didn't think you did it in the kitchen sink. I love it. <laughs> but the question is, don't you? doesn't it take a lot of time to fill the bathtub up? Well, you're brushing your teeth and washing your face, and then, you know, you fill your bathtub. I'm trying to remember your bathtub. Is it really big? I could sit in there. I could lie down. I can, if I get in my bathtub, I have to, like, scrunch up. Oh, I don't need to. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Can I come to your house and take a bath? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay. So, that, so, you do it at night or in the morning? At night. Oh. So, it relaxes you. How long do you sit in the water? Uh, At least, like... 20 minutes. Do you turn into a prune after that? No. Oh. Kind of relaxed, you know. Yeah. This is a time where I can lock every all my problems away. <laughs> yes. Do people knock on the door when you're in there? You're no. like, I'm busy. But sometimes one of the problem, like Rihanna, will come in. Uh-huh. And she wants <laughs> to in the bath, me. too. Right. Yeah. That's a, do you have any fun bath toys? Do you have, like, bubbles or, like, she does. Know, a rubber she, ducky? She has, like toys all around my tub okay you don't like candles and like play some like Enya before before when I don't have my kids kids okay my problems right I do like how I went to Enya yeah <laughs> Enya that's hilarious I can just hear it now okay okay Okay, so some of the things you should be eating. Do you eat right. any of these things when you're sitting in the bathtub, Ellen? <laughs> Let me see, okay? So. So these are heating Walnuts? Foods? I don't okay. think you can. He, he's allergic to it. Yeah. Grapes. Okay. Okay, and some chestnut. Yep. Chicken. Okay, chicken. That's why you roast chestnuts, right, during Christmas. Yes, on the open fire. Right. <laughs> chicken, 
and shrimp. Uh-huh. Oh, I eat ginger. Oh, ginger is actually very good for yeah, the winter. Maybe tonight I'll bring like a whole ginger and crunch it while I'm in the bath. <laughs> Be sweating away. <laughs> Why is it so hot? And here? just you know, do some pepper in my bathtub. I think you should bring a whole roasted chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and also some nuts, dried nuts. Okay. Well, you bring that wherever you go. All right. <laughs> and shenyao. <laughs> Uh, so that's like Chinese mountain yams. Right. And ch- is I don't even What is that? I don't even know what that no is. Yeah. the purple rice, okay. The porridge, yeah. The purple porridge, rice porridge. Right. Bai guo, which is like the white fruit. Okay. He tao. Hey. Wait, is it repeat? Repeat. Oh, sorry about that. All right. I did a bad job preparing your information. Okay. So wait, what is this chen shi? I need to know what this is. Chen shi. I'm looking up on my cell phone, okay. furiously. Ta-da. Moskowitz and Lotus. Wait, what? Moskowitz and Lotus? Dry long and pulp. <laughs> long and roll. Oh, it doesn't sound very appetizing. Right. Dried long and pulp. Mm-hmm. So long and is a kind of fruit. It's usually a summer fruit, right? Right. And uh, so they dry it and then you can eat it year round. But it has a nice smoky taste when you dry right. it. Right. So that uh, that does, I think, good things for you in the winter, yeah? Yes. Okay, so what else do we have here? We have here also, it says, three white things that you should avoid during the winter. And those things are... Sugar, salt, and pork oil. So like lard. Right. But, you know, aren't these things supposed to be good for you? Because like... Fatten it, you up? It, yeah, fatten you up and get you warm, right? I guess, but maybe you need to get that fattening and warmth from like better, you know, ingredients. Mm. So the th- the three black things you should be eating more of are tree fungus, muer, mm. and zicai. Zicai is a kind of what? A seaweed. Seaweed, a purple seaweed. Uh huh. Which is kind of blackish right. color, right? And then zimi, which is, I guess, purple rice, but it's also sometimes called black rice. Right. So the three to be together and the three not to be together. (laughs) That is the question. Right. It's like Hamlet over here. Okay. Anyway, those are some interesting things to keep in mind for as we approach winter Mm -hmm. during this micro season known as xiaoxue, little snow. Okay. Um. Another song. Let's go to a song. Let's go to a beautiful song. It's called Hey Bye, Bye. Monochrome. Okay. So that's black and white, right? Right. And it's done. by Guan Zhe. Guan Zhe. And when we come back in just a moment, I'm going to head into the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen to whip something up for Ms. Chu. All right, the black food. <laughs> Chen 
去崩坏。爱散得太快，困境黑白，欺骗的悔改，欺骗亏待，与其最好释怀，你情愿同一个时代，我活该，我活该。是将来。霓虹开始闪动，迷茫的路口只剩下梦。你却连说要走，我都生怕打扰到我。寂寞瘫痪了，中，空转的回忆逐渐稀薄。而我始终没有好好听你的承诺，爱散得太快，突然黑白，再怎么交代，伤也难挨。你用承受忍耐，珍惜每一次的依赖，我不该，我不该。Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. All right, we are back now on the second course of today's Feast Meets West, and I am in the kitchen, and I'm going to make something with a black-colored food, which is perfect for giving our bodies the restorative properties we need to face the winter. You with me? <laughs> It's been a tough autumn. It's been a tough summer. It's been a tough spring. 2020 has just been tough all over. So we need all the help we can get, and I'm going to make something in the kitchen that will give us just a tiny little bit of a boost. Are you ready? This is a black tree fungus salad. I know that sounds kind of gross. Fungus never sounds appetizing, but this is in Chinese. It sounds much nicer. Muer. So it is the wood ear fungus, and it basically is these、um, black leaves that kind of grow right on the trunk of a tree, and they look like little ears,、um, little、uh, pliable, spongy, springy ears. So we're going to start off with about 200 grams of fresh tree fungus, and I am have washed them already,、uh, and I'm just about to pop them in. A pot to parboil them for about one to two minutes, just to, you know, to desanitize them and to, I guess, take a little bit of, of the edge off of that、uh, crunchiness.、Uh, we, we do want to keep them a little bit crunchy, a little bit、uh, springy, so we don't want to overcook them. So now I'm just chopping up all of the ingredients that I'm going to toss this fungus with. So I've got、um, a quarter of a chili pepper. I don't like it too spicy. Ellen, she loves it spicy, so I'm gonna do a little bit more than I would usually use. 
Uh, and these are really spicy peppers, just to let you know. I've got one clove of garlic. I've got a little knob of ginger, which I'm now chopping all three of those up into tiny little pieces. Uh, and then I'm adding two tablespoons of soy sauce to a little bowl uh, and a half tablespoon of rice wine vinegar. In goes a half teaspoon of sugar and a pinch of salt and a dash of sesame oil. Now I'm just uh, mixing this up well. Now that my uh, tree fungus has been parboiled, I'm just uh, now draining it and I'm gonna put it immediately into a bath of ice water to bring down the temperature so it doesn't continue to cook. All right, so I'm just draining off that excess water now and setting that aside. And now I'm just adding all of my chopped up aromatics, including the chili peppers, the garlic, the ginger, and I'm pouring the sauce over the top of it. I'm just giving a good massage with my hands. Uh, and I'm just gonna try one of these really quickly. Mmm, that tastes very nice. Um, still has a nice springiness to it, uh, but this needs to sit in the fridge for about two to three hours to really uh, make sure that all the ingredients are friends with each other. Um, but I'm actually gonna let it sit in the fridge overnight. Um, so as you can guess, this is a pre-recorded segment and due to the powers and magic of radio, uh, when we return after this song in just a moment, we're gonna be back in the studio with Ellen Chu. But first, a song, and this song is called Heisa Mong Tai Chi, or Black Montage, and it's by Wu Bai and China Blue. Much more to come when the feast continues.
listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Third course. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. All right, so tell everybody what you see and what you smell and what you taste. Black fungies. That's right, black tree fungus. Okay. And I've just ripped up a little bit of um, cilantro on top of it. Mm. Is it good? It's yum. Mm. Wow. Not bad. Could be a little spicier. Uh huh. I think it's good with the garlic chopped up. What mm. else do you taste in there? A little vinegar. Uh huh. A little bit of soy sauce. Uh huh. Right. And. Chili pepper, mm-hmm. garlic. Something else chopped up in there. Another aromatic. Something like garlic. A friend of garlic and chili peppers. Tom? No, but you can put you can put green onions in this. Uh huh. That's one option. That's something you also would put on right before you serve it. Oh, ginger. That's right. Got it. Did you get a hit? Mm-hmm. And then um, the fresh cilantro just mm. ripped up on top of it before I served it. This is good. Springy texture, still a little crisp. This is very healthy, you know. Hmm. Because I heard this will prevent cancer too. You mean the tree fungus? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. We like those anti-carcinogenic foods. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Yes. Sounds good to me. Sounds great. So this you could serve with pretty much anything, right?、Mm. You could serve it as a little side dish, a little salad. You could have it as a little snack.、Mm-hmm. You're doing a dance there, Ellen Chu. It's good, yummy. Passes the test.、Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, I'm glad you like it. I like it. If you serve me this every day, I can eat it. Really?、Mm-hmm. Well, it's super easy to make too. I know. You know, it's just、um, basically you parboil it, so you cook it very quickly,、mm-hmm. and then you have to chill it,、mm-hmm. um, and then you whip up the、uh, sauce,、mm-hmm. the sauce mixture, and you can do it to your own specifications. If you like it a little bit more sour, I'd probably add a little bit more vinegar next time. I love it sour.、Mm. Um, I think the ginger is good. Ginger's good, right? And the ginger will help give you、uh, keep you a warm. A kick. A kick. A kick in the end with the garlic. A kick in the what? <laughs> in the end. In your ew 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 ew. <laughs>、yeah. So there you have it.、Mm-hmm. That's a black food for winter.、Mm. We're gonna leave you today with our addresses. Okay. Hear me out. PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Email us at a n d r o o at r t i dot o r g dot t w. That's right.、Mm. And next Saturday, do join us again. We're gonna have another fabulous feast for you. And as always, as always, we have one final song. It's called Hesa the Taipei. Oh, I don't like that. Black Taipei. The Black Taipei. And this is by the Hormone Juvenile. Hormone juveniles, hormone. What is it? Tinsonian. Tinsonian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What a band name. I know. All right. From Fusion Sauce, I'm Andrew Ryan, and this is Ellen Chu. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
寂寞，是指尖的广阔。凌晨的房间，独自练习承受。虚荣包袱的城市，为何闪烁？星空带我前往梦境边缘，活在黑色的台北，没人听见。我在唱着歌，告诉我究竟谁能逃离这个失落的生命？爱让在人群中死去。色彩的瞬间，所有的底线都只是我以为。红颜包袱的城市还在转动，他那微笑的脸孔在对我说。Overseas Community Affairs Council is encouraging overseas journalists to report on the contributions Taiwanese have made to the world, so that the world can see Taiwan. The OCAC is launching the Chinese Language Journalism Award for Overseas Media. Journalists can compete for two awards: the Print and Digital Report Award and the Broadcast Report Award. Entries that showcase in-depth professional reporting have the chance to win two thousand five hundred U.S. dollars. The deadline is November thirtieth. Go to www.ocac.gov.tw for details. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. 
Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.